Hello and welcome to the Traumanomics Podcast, a place where we discuss a wide range of topics emphasizing healing, change, and growth for abuse survivors. Drawing from personal and professional experiences, we'll discuss issues openly for those in helping positions such as parents, educators, health and mental health professionals, and members of law enforcement. This is Dr. Chris Bertelson. Chris is a survivor, educator, and author. As a teenager, Chris was a target of a notorious child molester in his hometown, a man who went on to abduct and murder one of the victims. This abduction case went unsolved for 27 years. Chris was instrumental in helping bring attention to the cases, which were eventually solved in 2016. And this is Jordan Howard. Jordan is a therapist here in Arkansas with extensive experience working with abuse victims and males in particular. In addition, Jordan works with couples and people with addictions. Together, we hope to share stories and commentary of resilience and healing in a caring and lighthearted way, bringing attention to issues of abuse, addiction, and the effects on individuals and society. Hey everybody, welcome to the Traumanomics Podcast, the place where men talk about stuff men don't talk about. Uh, Jordan and I are here, we're going to kick off a little bit about parenting and you know, Jordan, after our last episode, I was kind of thinking <laughs> we must sound like a couple of old dudes, but, um, you know, we you, are, <laughs> we are <laughs> but you had that um, vaping story. You know, I, I, I need you to share that with the listeners, you know, it, because I'm kind of a curmudgeon myself, I think. I just want you to, I want you to tell that story. Sure. Well, it, it, honestly, that little peek behind the scenes, we didn't. Chris and I, when we're getting ready to shoot these things, a lot of times in the downtime, we're just sharing stories back and forth of just funny, uh, you know, observations and situations we've been in. But one of them, uh, the one Chris was talking about, uh, uh, had thought about, you know, as we talked a little about vaping on our last last episode. There was a, uh, I used to work and, you know, I've worked in a bunch of different capacities in the mental health industry, I guess, but one of them was in residential treatment and, uh, you know, for, for addicts. And funny, the story, one of my, you know, a former colleague who will remain nameless, uh, you know, we, we kind of were commiserating about the, uh, the instances of kid, you know, young guys getting upset about not getting to have their vapes. Cause at this particular place, you didn't get to have your vaping equipment. I'm not even sure what all that stuff is, but you know, he, he's just sitting there and finally gets to this point. And he's just like, you know, he goes, we gotta get rid of all this Just man up and smoke. If you're gonna, you're gonna play, just man up and smoke. <laughs> you know, I love that tagline. Just man up and smoke. Yeah, obviously, guys, neither healthy, but you know, right? It's a funny story. Yeah, that is pretty funny. Yeah. I and and I, I just pictured that guy being kind of old school like myself. You know, <laughs> very old school. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah. I I thought that'd be a good good way to kick <laughs> off. You know, our uh, next episode here, we we have been talking about parenting and relationship. We may do more on this. Jordan and I have talked. Like there are a lot of topics around this space, but we thought maybe we'd address. You know, what about if you're you you just disagree with your spouse or ex spouse's behavior? You know, what can we do to offset that? And you know, Jordan has said, and I've you know, learn this too. You just can't control other people very much. Jordan, you want to take it from there a little bit? Yeah, I, I think again, you know, we're, we're kind of getting into this realm of talking about, you know, 
situations of the probably high conflict divorce. And, uh, I, I'm actually, uh, I, I get the benefit of uh, my, uh, my partner in my practice. He, he works a lot with high conflict divorce. You know, God bless him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to say good for him. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, you know, cause honestly it's, it's a space for, as a, as a therapist, it's kind of like one of those, Ooh, you know, that, that is about the toughest situations you will find yourself in. Um, it is, because you're working again with two people who obviously don't agree on much of anything. And, and that, that becomes a very difficult situation. But like Chris was saying, I, I think this is one of those areas where guys, I don't, I don't think we have a, a lot of answers here because it is a very, very tricky situation. But the, the main answer that I, that I think I, I have that I, you know, Chris and I think agree on is this idea of, you know, you've got to really take a hard look at yourself. Uh, the way that you respond, the way that you, you know, hopefully not, not react, um, you know, you, you know, ways to, to engage, uh, you know, if you've got kids to engage them in a, in a, in a non-reactive way against, you know, the, the spouse who's not working with you or the ex-spouse who's just not, not playing ball with you. And I'm, I'm saying this all, I, I, I firmly see where this is not an easy, if, you, if you're on the end where you're dealing with somebody who, uh, just really won't work with you. That's, that's a, that's a challenge. That's beyond the challenge. Um, and so, but I, but I think again, we've got to, we've got to land in the spot of, we've got to work on ourselves and the way that we will choose to engage. I can't make the choice for somebody else and how they're going to act, but I can decide what I'm going to do. One of the things, response to that. one of the things you mentioned, Jordan, was that folks in those sort of high conflict situations, are not, I don't know how you worded it, but it was about they need to do the work that would have been required to stay married. Uh, mm-hmm. How did how did you say that? I mean, that was... Yeah, I will. And I, that's one thing I tell couples a lot. That are in, you know, I do some couples therapy, but I, I, you know, I tell them pretty bluntly is like to, you know, if you're wanting to go down the road of divorce, if you're going to, if you've got kids and you want to be effective co-parents, you're going to have to do the same work that it will take to stay married to be effective co-parents. Because right. if not, you're not going to be effective as co-parents. And that, that's usually my little thing to like say, guys, let's work through this now instead of going down the route of, of divorce. And I realize there's some situations where that just can't happen. I'm not, you know, I, I get it, but I, I think there's some truth there. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, I just, I, you hear these stories of conflict and, a lot of times it subsides over time or they folks learn to, to work together on some level. But I know of and I've heard of divorced couples decades. <laughs> it doesn't get better. <laughs> you know, you hear of them too. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I know of I know a guy who uh, he's probably I'd say 70. But one time he, sh- he showed me a picture of he. It was at his ex-wife's house. It was a picture of his ex-wife, his current wife, and his granddaughter uh, in this picture. And he said to me, yeah, they all get along, he said, and they'll team up to go against me. <laughs> yeah, so you do see these, you see these really strange 
sometimes strange relationships develop, but there are some that just, they stay hostile. You know, going back a couple of episodes about uh, what what do we want, what kind of role models do we want to be for our kids? Well, I can tell you a couple things. Talking negatively about the other person, even though that can be difficult, that's not what we want to do. Sport, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. Sporting events, I mean, I I see... Sometimes you see divorced people being able to go to events together and being uh, civil, cordial to one another. I mean, to the extent that's possible, that's where we want to go, right? Absolutely. I mean, and and that's that's where it stands again. If you're, you know, to be effective co-parents, I mean, to me, you've got to be able to show your kids that at least, you know, the two of you can coexist in the same space. Now, maybe you're not married anymore, but you can... You can play nice with each other. I mean, are, are we not trying to teach our kids to play well with others? I, I think we are. And and I think, again, that goes back to wanting to, wanting the best for the kids and not making it about the, the divorced people, right? Right. Because, you know, at the end of the day, I and I know this is – I've seen this in teaching and elsewhere that kids love even the, the worst parents, you know? Oh, yeah. And and you see that, Jordan, in therapy, you see these people that really the parents are, let's just say, for example, addicted or in and out of the correction system or something. Kids still want relationships with those with those parents. They absolutely do. And I'm, I've always been baffled. I, I, I used to do some early on in my career, I did some work with uh, children's homes. Uh, I did the therapy a lot, you know, for some state sponsored, you know, children, children's homes and, you know, kids that have been taken into state custody. And this came up every time with those kids. Is like, and, and it was always baffling to me how that some staff members seem to not understand that the kids still wants relationship with their parents, no matter what they've done, you know. And and that so that's to your point. There, yeah, I mean, we want relationship with our parents. There's something there. Well, and I I've always gone back to when I've heard it. You know, the the parents. You know, when we talk badly about our kids, uh, other parent, you know, that's half of, that's half them, you know, yep. that's half, they're half that person. So, you know, it's really, you know, we gotta be really careful about that. Having said that, let's just say, you know, we really disagree with their behavior, things like that. So what do we do to provide an influence that's positive without directly talking badly about the former spouse or the kid's parent? What do we do, Jordan? Yeah, I, I think that's where, again, you know, it, it, it gets tricky, you know, kind of like as we were talking about in a previous episode. You know, I think one of the things that we that we really have to do, you know, is, is we've got to watch we've got to watch ourselves and our, our reactivity to things. And we've also got to find, you know, look for those opportunities where we can say something affirming. Uh, say something, you know, uh, just, you know, not to sound too simplistic, but say something positive. You know, whether it be, you know, even about that person or about somebody else who's exemplifying, you know, behaviors that we're trying to see. Because, you know, ultimately, I think our, our, our thing is, is kids get caught in the crossfire a lot of, you know, in, in these situations, uh, you know, nine times out of ten. When you've got two parents who just cannot get along, whether they're married or divorced or, you know, whatever they're in, uh, you know, bad, bad relationships. I mean, you know, there's a point to where you're showing your kids how to fight. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that's one of the things our kids learn 
from in, in you know obviously in healthy families and relationships you know hopefully they see that parents you know don't always see things eye to eye but they find ways to work it out well in these high conflict cases uh, they're not really ever seeing that i mean I've, I've seen cases that wind up and they're you know they're in court once a year for 10 years right you know yeah. uh, still still fighting and still battling and i think we're showing our kids something there too I'm not, and I realize, guys, you may be listening to this, and you may be in one of those situations. And, and honestly, my heart's out to you in that because I, I, they're they're difficult, and I, I understand that there's times you don't know really what road to travel and what to do there. But I think to our point, you know, you, you've really just got to be aware of self and be aware of what you're doing and how that's going to come across to your kids because it will. They're looking. They're watching. You. You know, they're watching you more than they're listening to you. <laughs> so, you know, they're, they're observing what, what you do. So from a, you know, just being unable to control what happens at somebody's house, at the other person's house. I mean, I know that for a lot of, for a lot of parenting, co-parenting situations, that is an issue. So what you're saying, Jordan, is control your own home <laughs> and yeah. kind of try to let go and let the chips fall on the other side of it. Well, it, it, again, it goes back to that, that's the situations where, unfortunately, legally and other ways, you, you just don't really have any control right. over what goes on there. Yeah. You know, you don't you don't have a voice to say, hey, this is what I want to have done or this is the way this should be. Right. Um, this is what I don't like. I mean, you don't you don't get that call. I can't imagine what that's like because, you know, you who knows what's going on. I mean, your hope there is that nothing bad, illegal, that type of thing is going on. But but you have limited control. In, yeah. in those situations. Well, and, I, uh, you know, if, as kids get over illegal stuff, if they're talking about that, I mean, that's got its own, that's a whole nother issue, right? Correct. Um, but, you know, I was thinking about just in terms of surrounding your children with good role models. I mean, I think you can do that with, even in the, despite these conflict situations, you can have good men or good women in these in your kids' lives, right? And absolutely point out those good things. You know, it's probably not going to offset the loyalty that a kid has to their own parent, though, right? I mean, I don't know. So. No, I don't think it will. I mean, there are always. I mean, there's always going to be the loyalty binds and things of that nature between you know kids and parents, but uh, or loyalty bonds. But you know, it, it there's you know one thing I think about it too is that that's the flip side of this, right? I mean, you do get to control your home. And, and what, what's going to go on, what kind of things you're going to allow, what people you're going to allow to be around. I mean, you, you have the control as the parent of that situation. So, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you surround them with, with positive opportunities. You know, one thing I was thinking as you were talking, Chris, is the, the situations I've seen where kids, um, you know, I, I'm always big time encouraging parents that are in these situations, whether it be a mom or a dad. And, and I'm remembering the dad that I was working with, you know, to where I was, I was basically just really trying to give him the, the uh, encouragement that no matter what is going on in a battle between you and your, your ex-wife, you do relationship with your kids because the kids, the kids are going to uh, develop their own relationship with you and with, you know, mom, and I mean, I know it's it's different and it's more complicated being divorced, but as long as you will err on the side of do relationship with your kids, don't be worried about getting caught up in this battle with her. You focus on doing relationship with them and they're going to come around to that. 
you know, over time, they're going to see that. I'm not saying there won't be hardships or battles or anything like that. But if you do that well, you're going to be okay in the long run. And, you know, just in terms of um, experiences I've heard about and seen, I guess the hard part of that is to think about it in the moment. You know, I do know of people who their kid never does come back around. Um, you know, and it happens and it happens, you know, I know of one instance, this, this lady, her youngest son was really little when they divorced and the dad, uh, had whatever talked the kid into believing that, that it was all the mom's fault. And, and he ended up not talking to her for 30 years and she had grandkids she had never met, things like that. So that does happen. And I think one of the things that I think is important is for folks in situations like that, that's really not their stuff. That's the kids' stuff that they got to work through. Yes. And I, you know, you just can't control a lot of that. It's hard. It hurts. And, you know, I've, I've got a friend right now kind of in a situation like that where two of the kids aren't communicating it's that's tough tough stuff but it's not his fault you know it's not her fault it you know it's we all kind of have to you know we all have to grow up on our own it's well and and that being the point that you uh, yeah i mean just jump in that you know i think that's what you're saying there too of, of you know we've got to put responsibility sometimes especially on on an adult kid or an older kid i mean they're not um you know, they've got their own stuff at that point, too. That's not always your fault right. <laughs> as a parent. You right. know, I think sometimes back to, you know, something you mentioned in our previous podcast, I thought, I thought was spot on, Chris, of talking about how the pendulum sometimes has shifted very hard, you know, uh, right. the opposite direction. I kind of think that's where we are with the parenting stuff. There's a lot of blame that goes on to parents these days of when their kid does mess up or do something or even as an adult that I mean, it's like look you're not you're not they're responsible for their choices too yeah you know it, that's not all on you at that point i agree and, so. and you know it's one of those where you had mentioned previously how it's on adults or teachers or parents to fix it whatever the problem is fix it you know and mm-hmm. we cannot be surprised by that given how we've allowed that pendulum to shift you know, we, we, right. we can't be surprised at entitlement, for example. How, Absolutely. How, how can anybody who is surprised by entitlement in young people just hasn't been paying attention? Well, and real quick, too, a good good plug here if, if for our listeners, guys. If you, if you want to check out a good book that is really, really hammers home that topic, uh, there's a book called The Entitlement Cure by John Townsend. You know, John Townsend, Henry Cloud, the ones that wrote yeah, Boundaries. Yeah, Boundaries. Classic book, but... The Entitlement Cure, great, great book on this very good. He's going to hit it from the angle of looking at entitlement. It's not about entitled kids. It's about how we're entitled as adults yeah. and so and how that translates to our kids. So he's really talking about all of this in a very broad way in that book. Very so. interesting. Well, we are out of time, and uh, we appreciate you listening. Again, pass the podcast along to anybody you think of that might be able to benefit from it and like us on social media, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and we will talk to you next time. See you guys. This podcast is made available by Upstart Resilience, LLC. 
for educational purposes only, as well as to give you general information and a general understanding of the subject matter. This podcast is not designed to give specific professional advice. By using this podcast, you understand that there is no counselor-client relationship nor any other professional relationship between you and the hosts. This podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent professional advice from a licensed professional in your state.